welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. Today, we are reviewing Brahms, The Boy 2, a movie that made me have like a weird fear of croquet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is violent. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the dude you do want living in your walls, Mars. Aww. That's really sweet. How are you? I am. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm caffeinated. I feel I can feel it. The, you know, pumping through the circulatory system, doing its thing. Neurons are firing. I really think I may have an addiction. <laughs> As I'm saying this, I'm like, why am I so much happier than I was like half I, an hour ago? I know. <laughs> Two, three hours ago, I was ready to crack my laptop over my knee and throw it out a window. But, <laughs> you know, it's Friday. I'm home yes. now. Yes. I've had, I've had a full seltzer. I got to talk yes. to you and catch up. Now we're going to talk yes. about a movie that I have lots of thoughts and feelings about that are only going to get more vibrant the more uh, truly as I have. <laughs> and uh, I feel good. I'm feeling good. I'm a little jealous. I have to do all this prep where our live show is this weekend. When you hear this, well, it'll have already been out. Although it'll be on Patreon if you want to go back and listen, watch it and listen to it. But I have all this actual work I have to do tonight. But now all I want to do is drink <laughs> <laughs> As you're talking about that, I was like, oh, could I have a drink? No, no, Rachel, stay the course. You must do the work tonight. Yes, but tomorrow, could. oh, baby, there'll Give be nothing to- stopping from top of me. Give in to the Friday, Rachel. <laughs> if I had the Trulies that we were going to have tomorrow, I have to go to the store tomorrow to get them. I don't know that I would have the willpower not to crack one open. Because here's the thing is we're going to taste test four, but it's a pack of 12. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I don't have them. All I have is liquor. And I, I do actually have to do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I will make what I have stained now, I shall I shall reward myself heartily tomorrow. That's true. That is like, yeah, yeah looking towards the future. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. I don't, I rarely drink. And so when I do, well... Let's just say there's not a lot of good decision making or self control, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I always feel like I need to do it on the mic on camera. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Maybe it is. Maybe there is a part of my brain that's like, okay, Rachel, you got to keep it under control. And if you do this in a public sphere, there's some part of your brain that will stop you from going too crazy. Yeah, I think that part of your brain is called the enabler. <laughs> I thought that's what all you guys were. <laughs> You're all my enablers. I think the majority of things in this world are enablers. I mean, honestly, if anything has given us license to be enabled, it's the last handful of years, right? Like, let me have my joy. Yeah, I do remember a time when I was like, you know what? I am not going to have wine every night and I'm going to go to bed at like 10 or 11. And as of the last few years, I'm just sort of like, Fuck it. <laughs> I want wine and I want to watch another movie. So fuck it. Did I tell you that I discovered the magic that is sparkling red wine? Yes, you did. And I keep forgetting to go look for the ones that you told me about. You have to get that. So I've had a couple and one of them is not for you. It's very sweet. It did not stop me from drinking the entire bottle over the weekend. However, the one that's like the apostle or apo- the one apothic. Th- apothic. Because that I, one I is have... not sweet. It's nice and dry. 
I actually had looked for that one at a few stores, but I haven't. I, it was they were just grocery stores that sell apothic, so I didn't mm. think I was going to find the special one. Mm-hmm. I gotta go to. Uh, we have this specialty beer and wine store in downtown Gresham that we can walk to. Okay. And I gotta look for it there. Yeah. And I gotta look for it because and I forgot. I looked for it a few times, and then immediately it left my brain because it wasn't like visually in mm-hmm. front of me anymore. But every wine I've had by apothic, I like a mm-hmm. lot. So uh, I'm excited about that one. I keep forgetting. I got to look for that one. You got it. It's perfect for summer. It is the per because it's like a light and sparkly, but it's not super sweet. Oh, yeah. See, that's what yeah. It's danger zone wine, which to me is like a good sign. That's my comfort zone. <laughs> I'm going into the danger zone. <laughs> exactly. That's your comfort zone. Yeah. But yeah, no, that I, I, I told you I was holding on to that other bottle and then we went away this weekend, cracked it open and it was good, but it was definitely a dessert wine and i'm like that's nah, not the one the other one's nice and tart so yeah yeah Ooh, that's the yeah. way to go all right anyway uh what have you been up to how have anything exciting going on in your neck of the woods i mean nothing too exciting i survived covid so oh i guess that's God. a plus i know if people are wondering why we were a little bit behind schedule it's because you got the vid because i got the covid and it was rough. I have both of my vaccination shots and I have one of the boosters and it's still like it took me out. Yeah. It was a rough time. This rave wave got like everybody. Yeah, I got it. But I like I had been out of I've been out of Oregon for the week before, which is when I think when I'm assuming we caught it. And then we came back and then it was like we got back on a, sun- a Saturday, Sunday. All of a sudden I couldn't remember my phone number or my address. And Yikes. Then I, took a, I took a COVID test. I had an at-home one and tested positive and then was just down and out for like a week. But so my whole thing, the whole reason why I bring this up is because I was out for a week with COVID. I worked from home for a week because I tested negative, but there were people in my house who still tested. The love still was testing positive. And I was like, I don't want to go back into my office until we're clear. Somehow yeah. we were really, really yeah. careful. The whole time we were in the house, we were like masks every time we were out of the bedroom, Clorox wipes as gloves, you know, yeah. and somehow my mom didn't get it. We live in the That's same amazing. house. Yeah. And like I said, we took a lot of precautions. We were very careful and we very much like limited the amount of time that we were in any part of the house that wasn't our rooms. Mm-hmm. And luckily we have half of the upper floor to ourselves yeah. anyway, but just the fact that it, and and I, I'm guessing, since we're both double vaccinated and boosted, I'm guessing it was this BA5 variant that's mm-hmm. vaccine resistant and immunity mm-hmm. resistant. That's what mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was. Yeah. And my mom is also double vaccinated and boosted and everything. But somehow we just managed to keep her from to keep from passing it to her. That's amazing. Is, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and like, and even, she would be the one who was immune, though. Let's I be know. honest. I know. <laughs> I know, right? And like we even did the thing where we kept all the doors to all of our rooms closed so that even the central air wouldn't circulate any mm-hmm. air that we'd breathed in that room out. Yeah. We were crazy careful. But she managed to not get it, and we're all good now. But I went back into my office, and the day – or it was like – I think I did one week in the office, and it was fine. And then the next week, six people this week have had yeah. positive tests. Yep. The only reason why I bring up the history is because I'm like – I'm not patient zero. 
<laughs> I was solidly not in that office for nine days. Yeah, no, plus, it wasn't you. It, I think it was more than that before anybody else tested positive. So all I'm saying, I'm not the COVID blanket. No, I mean, the week that you had it, I felt like four or five of my friends had it. This one's like super catchable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. fucking around. Literally, I think you, Matilda, her husband. Today, today I was supposed to have a hair appointment and I was getting up to get ready and I got a text message and, and it was my hairdresser and she's like, guess who has COVID? I was like, ooh. Yeah. So fortunately, she's very, very like it's a she thought it was allergies because she has a new kitten. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah, I better just double check. But it was that mild to where she like had like a little bit of a stuffy nose. Oh, and see, I thought I was just being a whiner. Like, I woke up oh, on no, Sunday no, no, and no, I was no. like, my allergies were super, super bad. As soon as we hit a certain part in Oregon, we drove. And as soon as we hit like Eugene area, both of us got itchy eyes and watery eyes and scratchy throat and all that. And it was the allergies. And so when on Sunday I woke up and I was having symptoms and I just felt weird and uh-huh. awful and i was like oh it's probably just i'm exhausted from the drive and from the trip and allergies and whatever and uh i tried to i think i told you the story i tried to order a pizza and i sent it to the wrong house and then no it, you did not I, tell me that i tried to order pizza because i was like i don't feel good and the lover didn't feel good because he did most of the driving he wasn't feeling good i wasn't feeling good i thought it was just exhaustion and allergies so i tried to order a pizza and i gave them the wrong address and then i gave them the wrong phone number so they oh couldn't like God. call me or whatever. And then I called them to be like, I need to change the address. And it was an automated message machi- machine that said, you know, due to staffing, low staffing, we prefer if you order over the internet, if you have another issue, press one to be connected to the store. I listened to that mess. I called four times and listened to that message. And for some reason could not grasp the information enough that I never pressed one. Oh, so I would just babe. sit there and then it would be like, we could not connect you. And it would disconnect. And I cried because I was like, I just wanted pizza and I don't feel good. I don't understand what's happening. And I called a fifth time and finally took in the information and pushed one and like, you know, changed it. It was fine. We got the pizza. Okay, good. Happy ending. Okay, good. But I was in such a weird fog. Yeah. And so that whole thing happened. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a COVID test just to see because this is weird. Things are weird. Yeah. And I was positive. So. Oh, my God. Did you guys end up going to Vegas or was that before? This was after. This was when we got back. So you did get to go. Where did you what yeah. did you do? We did old Vegas. So we did Fremont Street and mm-hmm. we did do new Vegas one night because I wanted to see the Bellagio fountains. Mm-hmm. I love the Bellagio fountains. Yeah. So we walked, we walked around a bit and then we pretty much just posted up at the Bellagio fountains and just waited the 15 minutes in between each show. And just like it was hot as hell. Yeah. But it was just nice. Getting yeah. out and seeing things. I love and like, Vegas. Is it corny? Yes. I don't care. I love it. We thought about doing all the stuff that you and I have talked about, like the neon sign graveyard and things mm-hmm. like that. But I was kind of like, we, we'd gotten a hotel room on Old Vegas. And so I was like, let's just do Old Vegas. We'll do maybe a night in New Vegas. But let's save all the stuff that Rachel and I want to do for one week. Yeah. Like someday in the future when we get to go together and we want to go to the Zach Baggins thinking, Museum and yeah, stuff. I'm and, thinking this winter or fall. Or no, not, sorry, uh, winter or spring before it gets hot and before it gets busy there, we should go. And also – Because we don't care about the pools, right? Like because no. a lot of the places will have clo- – their, their pools are closed so it's not as busy. I don't care. 
I don't care yeah. about that either. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we could go then and do all of our little adventures. But I'm glad you at least got to go. I was worried that you got sick before you even got to go. No, I don't know if some sort of guardian angel is looking over us. But we got back on a Saturday. We meant to get back on Friday, but we just timed it wrong. And then at some point, we we're like, we got to get a hotel room and sleep for a few hours. We can't do this drive because we drove because I don't know. We thought it was. I don't know why you thought you should drive to Vegas. Because it sucks from here. I can't even imagine it from Oregon. When I was in college, I lived with my one of my high school best friends who went to UNLV for a few years, and then she moved back to Oregon. Once or twice a year, we would drive from Portland to Vegas just to go visit. And so in my head, I was like, oh, 20-year-old me did it, and it was fine. This will be fine. And no. then I got in the car and I was like, this is not fine. It is not. I mean, it's a long drive from here. And it's 12 hours from Portland to here. Yeah, it was long. We left late on Friday. We meant to get back on Saturday. It was this whole thing. And so we got a hotel room at some, like, we really thought we were going to get robbed or murdered at this Super 8 that we stayed at. It was, the door didn't fit in the door frame all the way. It was so weird. But we survived. We're pretty sure we're on some sort of uh, hidden camera footage, but that's okay. All we did was sleep because we were exhausted. And then- we made it back to Oregon on Saturday and I felt fine. Honestly, I was great. I thought I was going to come home and want a nap. And I was like, I had energy. I felt great. Woke up Sunday morning, dead. It no. hit me that fast. And all I could think was like, thank God it hit me once we got back to Gresham. Thank it God didn't it hit you in the morning when you woke up at that fucking <sighs> super eight. And you're like, right. Oh, you'd have to stay there. No. Oh, oh my God. It was skin of our teeth. We made it back before. I started getting symptoms and then he got symptoms two days later or something. It was close. I'm just glad you guys are better. That's the most important thing. And you got to have a little fun first. That's amazing. Yeah, right. And then I got a week of COVID vacation, if we can call it that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then somehow my mom just yeah. managed to. I feel like she's by. like above viruses. I know. She's, she's just like, like a being that is above. She has transcended. She's just too positive. Yes, exactly. The virus can't latch on. Nope. It's like, oh, not her. She's so sweet. We she could just never. like care bears them away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So like I said, we're going to be reviewing the film Brahms the Boy. But before we get into that, Mars, can you please let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is? So, if you are new to the Stream Queens and you haven't heard this whole spiel yet, we are going to spoil <laughs> the whole thing from beginning to end. We're going to talk about, we're going to go through the whole movie. Oh, so, yeah. if you don't like spoilers, now is your time to pause this and go watch Brahms the Boy 2 on Netflix. And then come back and listen to us talk about it. If you are unopposed to spoilers, then I guess stick around. <laughs> and if you want my opinion... Here's Okay, so here's my spoiler opinion on it. Okay. If you haven't seen The Boy, then you should yes. go watch The the Boy yes. and then The Boy 2 and then come back. If you have seen The Boy, I don't know that the, it, this is really going to be much yeah. of a spoilery movie. You know what because I mean? Like, it's like it can go one way or the other. <laughs> you know, there's two ways it can go at this yeah. point. Yeah, it like, goes one of those two ways. Here, oh, okay. So here's here's, I guess, what I mean. If you haven't seen The Boy, The Boy 2 will spoil The Boy, and The Boy should not be spoiled. No, The Boy, you should go in unsullied to see it, because it it actually is, I I think, definitely one of those ones that has a, the best thing about it is kind of the the, the latter half of the the film, let's just say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen The Boy, 
go watch the boy. I guess maybe watch the boy too if you feel like it. But don't listen to this if you haven't seen the boy. If you have seen the boy, uh, I mean, there is like a reveal as all movies have, but I'm not necessarily, it's not necessarily going to ruin the movie if you, right. Because here's the thing, you'll probably figure it out in the first 30 minutes. I mean, because the other one, well, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. Awesome. Okay. So you selected this movie. Why was this your pick? So I didn't realize there was a sequel to The Boy. It came out in like, what, 2020 or something? Yeah. And I didn't. Like, it was like one of the last things in the theaters before everything shut down. Yeah. And I just missed it somehow. I just never, I didn't know it existed. And so the last time I, it was my pickup and I was just sort of searching around and saw The Boy too. And I thought, well, I mean, I liked The Boy a lot. I I really enjoyed The Boy. So I figured, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't expect the sequel to be as good as the. That's the first one, but I figured, uh, I mean, maybe it'd be cool. Just like the curiosity. curiosity. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. I you know? totally get that. All right. So I don't have a ton of background around this. I did some very light research, but here's what I can tell you. The, the Brahms is a, like you said, came out in 2020. It's an American supernatural horror film. And the sequel to the 2016 film, The Boy, both films were directed by William Brent Bell and written by Stacey Minear. So William Brent Bell is an American film director, and most of his career has been pretty horror-focused. He did the film Stay Alive from 2006, which is also known as the, you know that one about the video game that stars the kid from Malcolm in the Middle, Frank Nunez? He did that movie. Uh, He did The Devil Inside, which is a very controversial found footage film. Do you remember this one? I feel like I've seen it, but... It's the Possessed Nun movie that cuts at the end to like a title card of like, call about this. You remember this? I I think maybe I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Gotcha. He also directed Where, which is like a pretty well-regarded werewolf film that I have not seen. The Boy, The Boy 2, Separation, which again is another horror film I have not seen. And then now this one is really interesting to me. He directed the upcoming Orphan First Kill, which is the prequel to the film Orphan. Whoa. Okay. Where they have de-aged Isabel Furman. Who, so it's the same actor, but they've de-aged her, so she's still a little girl. I like The Orphan. I loved The Orphan. That was one that really got me. So it's the same actress and they de-aged yes. her? Yes. It comes out, like, next month on VOD. Or maybe on Paramount okay. Plus or something. Yeah, so we might have to uh, we might have to do that one. Because I think it's coming to a streaming service where we can get a trial or something. <laughs> I would watch it. Oh, I yeah, like I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. <laughs> that's yeah. a guarantee. But yeah, so I'm very interested in that. You know that that's based on a true story too, right? Yeah. That's yeah. wild. If you do not know about that, I won't spoil it in case anybody has not seen The Orphan. But after you watch The Orphan, Google that shit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it seems outlandish, except that shit happened. <laughs> okay, so the original Boy came out in 2016, and by October 2018, it was announced that a sequel was in development and that Katie Holmes would be joining the film. Principal photography began in January of 2019 and wrapped that March, and unfortunately, Justin's not here. Most of it was shot in his home country of Canada. Oh, does he know them? No. <laughs> I always love pointing that out to him, because like, <laughs> at first I just thought he'd think it was interesting, but now it's become a thing. <laughs> so now i just want to mess with him the film was released theatrically it was like i said one of the last films to be hit theaters before everything shut down in february of 2020 oh my god what a different world we lived in then 
That was right on the cusp, too. Because it was the next month they closed? It was or? the next month that everything yeah. shut down. It was March, yeah. And it shows in the box office. It grossed $12.6 million in the U.S. and, and Canada and $7.7 in other territories, uh, which brought the worldwide total to $20 million. Fortunately, the budget was only 10, so they probably, with marketing and everything, maybe broke even. But I don't think that we'll be seeing another boy film. Unfortunately, regardless of the pandemic, I think that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, and like we said, it is currently now available on Netflix. So if you are curious, it is very easy to get your eyeballs on it. All right. That's what I've got for the background. I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell me about this movie, Mars. So this movie starts with, and in my notes, I just wrote Katie Holmes because I didn't know what her name was for a while, but <laughs> Liza comes home from work to Jude playing some pranks, as is his MO, yeah. and dad calls from work. Really thought we were going to circle again. back on that prank thing, but it really didn't go anywhere. I mean, I can see later in the, how it was a device, but I don't know. I, I kept waiting for that shoe thing to come back. Yeah. But it never did. I was like, oh, we'll see those shoes again. I think it was just the theme of prank playing. Yeah, I, guess. I don't know. I, I, but, should, uh, I, I was expecting, perhaps I was expecting something a little less subtle. The subtle kind of <laughs> screenwriting that's happening here. <laughs> yeah, I expected a lot of things. So dad calls from work. He's working late again. Liza puts Jude to sleep with Mr. Brown, his favorite stuffed animal. And then later, a noise wakes her up, and she goes to investigate, and she goes into the kitchen, and she thinks that it's Jude playing more pranks, but it is not Jude, and there's a scary man under the stairs, right? This like, is the scariest part of this movie. When that, this is the scariest part. He's backlit behind those stairs. I was like, okay, that's a really scary shot. Yeah, and it's mimicked earlier because Jude did the same thing during this prank, but this actually scared me. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the fear. That's the fear, right? I've like, actually, I've been having home invasion nightmares since I no, watched this movie. No. Yeah. It's, it's been a rough couple I of days. I don't like it. I don't like that for you. Because home invasion is the scariest. It's bad. It's, and I mean, especially since like, I mean, I've talked to you about the times when I've been, I've had to stay in this house by myself at night. Mm-hmm. That like, guy oh, knocked on the door. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 quick story time i guess i know i've told this story before but there was a weekend where i was in this house by myself and it was midnight and i hear a knock at the door and i was like i'm not fucking answering that and then it uh-uh. kept knocking i was like nope not doing it and then the doorbell and i was like god damn it so i opened the front we have double doors on the front door so it's one wooden door and then one glass door and i opened the wooden door and in retrospect i was like i've seen too many horror story or horror movies to do this but i did it where i kept the glass door locked and i was trying to talk to this man on the other side and he was like just open the second door like i can't hear you and i did cuz oh, i don't no. know what's wrong with me <laughs> and it actually was just one of my neighbors who was telling me that there was someone in a truck who'd been driving to the neighborhood and stealing metal scraps and stuff uh-huh. out of people's yards and like things like that and that he followed him and that he had gone into the cemetery and up the hill behind my house and there's no outlet up there so he has to come back down and so the guy was like i'm not gonna follow him up there because i feel like that's a bad idea but i just wanted to let you know that this is happening you know my family was home i and someone else saw this happen i would want them to warn my family you know and so i'm trying to take in the situation and be like is this is he just lulling me into a sense of security am i about to die and at the same time i'm hearing (laughs) a buzzing i was like what is that buzzing and i look up at my porch light 
and there's like a moth against oh, the light. And I no. was like, oh, okay. All right. Moth man. And just as this dude is explaining to me that like, oh, you know, if it was my family and I wasn't here, I'd want my neighbors to also come by and tell me. It flies down my shirt and it's not a moth. It's a bee. <gasps> Which and is so your most feared insect. My most feared insect. So now I'm screeching and trying to scoop this bee out of my shirt. It's 1230 at night. I've been having wine. I'm sure I have wine teeth. I'm, gr- I'm sure it doesn't look great. And he's just standing there going, don't worry. It's more afraid of you than it is a, uh, you are of it. And I was like, I don't know. I'm pretty fucking scared right now. And uh, <laughs> got the bee out. And then the man left. And he left me his business card because he does car detailing. So he left me his business card. And he was like, and he had driven his truck that has the magnet siding of like his business logo and stuff. And he was like, if you want, you can take a picture of my truck and my license plate if that makes you uncomfortable and you want to check it later. Feel free. I'm really not here to do anything weird. I just wanted to warn you. Which was kind of like, you know, I don't know. Nice. And he was like, take a picture of all my shit. You can take a picture of me, my truck, my license plate, whatever you need to not feel like I'm a weirdo. And I did look him up later and he is a legitimate business owner in Gresham. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that is my... uh that well, is, I that would, I would be terrified. There's, I don't know that there's a scenario in which my door would have opened. I, I really don't think I would have been like, no, mm-mm, nope. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. To be honest, I think I think you had a little like wine bravado. I think so. I think, I think the I same like, part of yourself that orders tactical hatchets was like, oh, here we go, it's go time. All that, all fine. of that shopping is about to come into play. <laughs> this is gonna be fine. When you had the lover move in. Did you have to like chomp or to keep his hands away from because there might be sharp objects linking, lurking beneath things? Uh, no, I'd mostly pack them away at that point. You had? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I did have to show him where the murder axe was, though. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. I do I even know where that one is now? Uh oh. Uh oh. That's. Oh, no. The, it was that weird, crazy knife that I accidentally bought that one time that's tasted blood. And I'm like, it's, it wants more. <laughs> <laughs> all right where were we where were we all right Home oh, okay so liza goes to investigate the sound and it she thinks it's jude playing pranks but it's not it is home invaders who attack her and really not un- i didn't expect this in the writing but liza fights back and doesn't end up working out for her but she tries jude ends up hitting an alarm and liza gets knocked unconscious i did really appreciate her fighting back so hard yeah, it really sort of alluded to she'd taken self-defense classes because mm-hmm. she did the no, 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 you know, that yep. like, I know yep. like, <laughs> it's kind of jokey, but like she did the whole thing. Didn't work out for her, but side story time. <laughs> but uh, this is not about me. This is a Matilda story, but and it's very quick. I thought you would appreciate it. She took a self-defense class in college, but it was like a, a feminist self-defense class. And so all the dudes there were very feminist identified. But there's, they had to play attackers, right? So they were instructed to grab you, but also say abusive language. <laughs> but they didn't feel comfortable. So there's this one guy who was like, that's what you get for thinking for yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And this is the consequence of requesting equal pay that you You've deserve. been reading, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God. Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, post-traumatic event, a child psychologist is trying to speak with Jude, but he 
won't speak and he communicates via notepad. So Liza and Sean, the Jew's father, have a talk and they decide that they should leave the city and go out into the country and maybe that'll make things better. And so they move into a countryside house, which the landlady explains uh, was was a guest house to a larger property, a larger property that the family stumbles across while going out on a walk. And mm-hmm. it's uh, for anyone who's seen The Boy One, might be familiar. This is such a weird trope in horror movies of the family just relocating to a house that's fully furnished. You have to be so fucking rich to be a die in a horror movie. This is what's going to protect me is I can't just up and move into a mansion in the country. Right? I, well, that it like, happens I, all the time in movies. Has anyone you've ever known had that actual experience of just moving into a house in the country that's just fully furnished like that? No. I think our reality is people being like, I bought more ring cams (laughs) and i'm broke no but like it's just it's one of those things that happens all the time in horror movies but never happens in life and i don't know why for some reason it just seemed absurd to me this time i was maybe because i'm trying to buy a house i was like this shit does not fucking happen you must be so rich if you could do this and if you could this is not where you would move well that and like in the end we find out you know when they go back to their london home it means that they Ne- they didn't sell. The they London kept home. the London home. They just were like, "We're just going to take some time not living here, and we'll have two homes." I'm like, "You're too rich. You deserve this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I wonder about the psychology of we experienced a home break in in a city. Let's move out to a place where no one is going to know that this. Yeah. You know what I mean? The isolation. That's what you want. Is if somebody breaks into your home when you're in the middle of the woods that. You don't have neighbors who are going to hear anything or police that are going to be able to respond in a timely manner. Like These are just very strange horror tropes that I don't know. I don't know. You know when you just see something, you, you've seen it a million times, but you've never like really seen it. And then you see it and you can't unsee it. This yeah. trope is now one of those things I'm always going to be like, yeah, man. I, 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 I'm with you on demons, but being able to just move house like this, that's absurd. Yeah, right. <laughs> Demons have a better chance of existing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. So they come across this, the the quote-unquote big house, the main manor, and while Liza and Sean go up to this house, Jude hears a a whispery voice in his head and a little doll hand sticking out of the ground, and he goes, and he unearths a uh, familiar doll, Mm -hmm. if you've seen Mm -hmm. Boy One. And Jude, of course, wants to keep it. So Liza decides that she needs to clean up the doll because, you know, it was buried. And while she's cleaning it up, she finds a little note in his little jacket pocket. And it's the rules. Ah. So, (laughs) which she seems really okay with when he unfolds it and it's a list of rules. And she's just like, oh, huh. Okay, well, gotta wash his clothes now. And it's like, that's not weird to you. This isn't weird to you. Yeah, okay, all of, well. There's no way that doll would be going in my house. I mean, not even because, oh, I'm so smart and it's a creepy doll. It was so dirty. I'm like, let's just give you a new doll. It's fine. We, yeah, we just, right? Like, we just bought a second house. We can afford a doll. Also, right. Like, we don't, yeah. We don't need this. So uh, that night, the family says goodnight to the doll and uh, leaves the doll in a separate room and at which point this was where so leading up until this point i was kind of like based on what i know about the boy i was kind of thinking maybe certain themes would follow over and this was the moment when i was like oh no we're on a whole new track now yeah because they leave the doll alone in a room and its eyes move 
So this is the point where I was like, ha no one pulls the wool over Chateau's eyes. That thing definitely has cameras in it. Really? You went cameras? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe it had, like, surveillance. And that was going to be the thing. He had gone to, you know, Psychopath Radio Shack and like, got a bunch of equipment. I don't know, man. Because then I was like, because they had the broken face. And I know the doll got broken the last one. I was like, but maybe the face got broken as a different doll because he had to put the camera inside. I thought I was so clever and had figured it out. I mean, that would have been more clever than what actually happened. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this was the point where I was like, oh, okay. So this is what this is what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Got it. This is why. And this was also the point where I was like, when I do the spoiler warning, this is where I realized, okay, well, I mean, we'll see how this plays out. But I feel the, the spoiler is going to be, if you haven't seen The Boy... Don't watch The Boy 2, having not seen The Boy. If you have seen The Boy, fuck it. Like, also, whatever. maybe just don't watch The Boy 2. <laughs> Jump on board or don't. Maybe just leave The Boy as is. Yeah. I think it's a perfectly... I didn't need a sequel. You know what I, I didn't. mean? Because there's only one of two ways you can go after that, right? That it's what we already know it to be, or now it is, like, supernatural. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess there really were only two lanes that this could have gone So in. it's either surveillance footage or or ghosty, right? Those are the two options we have. Yeah, well, and surveillance footage would have been more interesting. I mean, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would have been great. We find out that he's holed up and now he's got a command center. Yeah, or he's expanding his reach. Yeah, something like that would have been... Yeah. Yeah. But alas. But alas. Liza wakes the next morning to the sound of Brahms' lullaby being played on a piano by Jude. Uh, and when she asks him <laughs> if he dressed the doll, he says no, because of course he didn't. So then Jude and Brahms have a notepad conversation where Brahms requests to be taken back into the woods where Jude found him. And then Liza asks which homeschool topic Jude wants to start with, but he asks via notepad if they can go for a walk in the woods, but the handwriting is different than his normal handwriting. Ooh, spooky! <laughs> so they go for the walk, and Jude is, again, directed by that ghostly child's voice to this creepy forest cache of all of Brahms' clothes and stuff like that, which, you know, I mean, all judgments aside, Brahms is a snappy dresser. Oh, yeah. I just, I just got to say. Oh, yeah. Like, De- like debonair. Yeah. yeah. Classy. Yes. Classy dresser. Yes. Love all the cowl neck sweaters. You know? I love I love a man in a cowl neck sweater. What is right? that about? It is just so handsome. But kind of rugged still. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Like you could see him, you know, in the Highlands in it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I agree completely. I mean, I Brahms love, like, has some good taste. He does. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. He's still styling and profiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like the lover needs a cowl neck sweater. I, Randy has one. Well, he has one. Oh, it's good. Really nice. It's very important that they It's have. very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just been 100 degrees. So. Yeah, 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 I know. It's not cowl neck <laughs> sweater right now. but It is not. It will be here soon. But it will be soon. Yeah. Why? Is, I don't know why it is, but it is. that is a good look on a dude. It is. Dudes out there, get yourself a cowl neck sweater. Magic. You know, like people ask questions on Reddit. I don't know anyone's asked this yet, but I bet you if you posted like, what you know, do you women do you think it's sexy when men wear a cowl neck sweater? It'd be like one of those shocking. Everybody's like, hell yeah, 
Yeah, like a 98% yes kind of thing. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it, it works. I don't know what it is either, but on board. Yep. Fellas, on do yourself board. a solid. Get yourself a cow neck. Invest. Randy Invest just in jumped it. up and ran into the back of the house. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to go get his. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Back to, back to the movie. <laughs> so while they are unearthing all of Brom's clothing, they meet Joe, the groundskeeper, who uh, seems to recognize Brom's. Yeah, he's not creepy at all. No, not at all. So back at home, Liza is finally creeped out by the doll, but Sean's dismissive of it, and he admits that he thinks Liza uses, like, Sean is the worst! Oh, continually. <laughs> Just, he does one good thing in this movie. Right. And it's involves a croquet mallet and that's it but at every turn every test you could possibly fail he fails yes she almost dies and he's like but we're not fucking no I just... <laughs> then the table fl- it gets flipped and he's like you're like crazy right you're hysteric and you did this right he yeah. is trash and no, the movie the doesn't worst. seem to know it and neither does she and it's infuriating yeah that was a a big problem for me is that just this complete dismissive gaslighting thing and how it wasn't like uh oh this is a problem and he keeps doing this it was like no but i mean obviously he's validated in being like no you flip the table yeah yeah every chance uh yeah it's in it's oh my god he got the comment sweater (laughs) 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 it looks really nice babe isn't it a little warm for a cow neck no okay (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah it it's one of the weirdest writing like it's a trope right where the the wife knows something and the husband disbelieves her yeah never does this movie seem to ever make seem to think that you're supposed to think that he's wrong for that there's no accounting for what what a totally dismissive piece of shit he is that and it's I mean, if we go back to when this was, when this came out, it's 2020. Yeah, get it together. Still doing this? We still get it together. We're still doing this. Yeah, it's 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 the wild piece of regressive writing that it's just I don't know. I don't get it. It's just lazy. It just seems lazy. It just seems like well, this has worked for the last 20 years, and this is a horror movie, so obviously we have to have a a dismissive husband. There's just no reckoning around it at all she gets angry at him one time and that gets disrupted because she hears her son talking and then yeah. never and then it's we like, never circle back yeah. there are no consequences for him being a total trash box it's infuriating yeah yeah i had problems with that a lot mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. so <laughs> sean admits that he thinks liza focuses on jude's problems and trauma in order to not focus on her own which you know, whatever. Maybe she does, but like, it's anyway. Dude, thoughts. she almost died. You garbage fire. Yeah, you like human embodiment of a dumpster a, fire. <laughs> give her a fucking minute. Like, gee. Anyway, so Liza storms away, and while she storms away, she overhears Jude finally talking out loud for the first time since this incident, and he's talking to Brahms. But when Liza and Sean go into the room, he just goes back to the notepad. And they tell him they're going to watch a movie, and he chooses instead to stay with Brahms. And his parents let him because he's talking out loud again. And so I think they, you know, it was one of those, like, at least maybe he's not talking aloud to us, but at least he's talking aloud at all kind of thing. Which, in any normal real world situation, yeah, 
Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let that kid ease back into feeling okay again. But this is a horror movie world, so don't leave him alone with that creepy-ass doll. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so that night, many nightmares wake Liza up, and then oh, she and Sean the dream find... sequence within a dream sequence. Like, <sighs> let this be the year we say goodbye to that trope. There are so... Okay. I could go on for a lot longer than I need to, but I've talked about it multiple times of all the things where we're like, it's tired. Why are we still doing this? Yes. It's not effective anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Why are we still doing... Okay. But that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. 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 I just hate the fake out wake up. You're like, oh God, I'm in a dream sequence. Oh, nope. She woke... Oh, no. She was still asleep. Every movie doesn't need to be a Mad Lib. You know, it doesn't need to be like, <laughs> we're just popping new nouns into the same scenario kind yeah. of thing. But sorry, I'm getting weirdly fired up about this. <laughs> I think, you know, it is. We both had really long, hard weeks. So we've had to repress our anger. And we're like, here's our chance. Let it go. <laughs> and I'm taking it out on this movie. <laughs> I know. This movie is fine. It's whatever. But I'm going to tear it because I'm yeah. just a grump. I need to take my aggressions out on something. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's going to be Brahms the boy, too. So. Liza wakes up and she and Sean find that Jude is sleeping in his own bed, which is the first thing he's done since the break-in. So again, they're sort of like, the doll is creepy, the doll is weird, but, you know, he is making progress, so uh, maybe it's okay. The next morning, Liza finds that Brahm's clothes are all laid out on Jude's bed, and then she also finds Mr. Brown, uh, Jude's favorite stuffy dismembered underneath his pillow. That is which, troubling, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that real world or horror movie world doesn't matter that's a disturbing thing to find <laughs> yeah and guess who doesn't care about it though dad yep. dad so jude claims that brahms did it and liza grounds him for lying because why why would she believe that the doll did it but still she hides the kitchen knives in a i mean probably a good move yeah she puts the kitchen knives up high and then sits down to read her her own therapy self-help book in the kitchen Brahms is in the living room. Jude is, you know, grounded in his bedroom. And Brahms pulled some creepy ghost shit with, like, did his head move? No, it didn't. But I thought I saw. And now the TV's on. Oh, and now, he, eh, you know, that kind of thing. Brahms is such a troll. He put the TV on, but it wasn't even, it was just static. So what and I was just the gotta ask, I just gotta ask, 2020, how do you even find a channel that is static? How that even possible? That's a very good point. Seriously, how that how is that even possible? That's not a thing anymore, is it? That's not a thing. Wow. You just yeah, you just like red pilled me on this whole static thing. Yeah, My and mind it makes is blown. For some reason this movie made me reevaluate things that I just sort of accepted as horror movie tropes. But and like things also for you came up for this, but that was the one where all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, yeah, why have I accepted in the last 10 years that someone was able like a creepy ghost was able to turn a TV to static?" Yeah, it doesn't even exist anymore. That's not even a thing. If anything, it would just be YouTube ads. Yeah. I'm trying to think the last time I saw a static, I mean, like the, maybe 1990? I don't know. 89? That's not a thing you, anymore. Even now, if you turn on a TV, regardless of what it's connected to, there are now things in place to be like a screensaver or like a we can't connect screen or whatever. Like yes, there'd be static. something. You'd be so There'd be something. You're totally right. And how would you even get to? I mean, I guess if you just went into the remote and went to a channel, 
but none of them would be static. It would be jump to a different channel, probably. Yeah. All I mean, right. I guess he is Added a ghost. The maybe list. he has <laughs> the ever-growing list of things that don't make sense anymore. We're retiring the shit. Sorry, no more using the phrase "pencil dick." No, oh no more dreams within a dream. And and now, no more static channels. That's shenanigans. We're calling shenanigans on static. That just channels. doesn't make sense anymore. It does not. It does not. So Liza goes into Jude's room because she thinks he's pulling pranks again, and he says that he didn't leave his room. So she double grounds him for lying again. Even though he didn't lie either. Double time. grounded. Double grounded. And so she goes back into the kitchen to keep reading. And when she looks back up, Brahms is gone. And when she walks down the hallway, she says she's, you know, she sees someone going into Jude's room and the door is locked and she hears talking. So she's super mad because he's supposed to be grounded and he left his room and he got his doll and now he's locked the door and everything. Except Jude isn't in the room. Jude shows up behind her having gotten a glass of water. And then the door opens and it's just Brahms. Yeah, he's doing all kinds of weird flexing in this movie. It's weird to me that he starts out with such obvious, like, look, I'm alive, but also I'm pranky. But in any, he's like, but also I'm going to murder you for not accepting the fact that I'm weird and pranky. It's just, it's a weird, because his whole motivation is that he wants Jude to stay in the house, the big house with him forever. So why would he make it? So obvious that he was yeah. a, a ghost. An animate doll. Yeah, that's it's, absurd. Yeah, it's it's doesn't track with his motivations. It doesn't track with Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 I mean, I have lots of thoughts and feelings. I'll get to them in the end, I guess. It's just playing off of established horror movie tropes and motivations mm-hmm. to be like, Well, but this is how a haunted doll movie goes. Yeah. Yeah, but if it doesn't make sense but if you're going to write it. it to be, this is their ghost motivation. Don't do it. Like, it if it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't it's... match up. And it just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know. I think if they're it was so focused like... on delivering the twist that they forgot to make all the stuff before it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the misdirect of it, I get trying to do misdirects. And they did a ton of them in the first film. And it's written by the same screenwriter. They did a ton of really great misdirects where you're like recontextualized. Whereas this, you're like, oh, the core logic is faulty here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's not even a mentally ill person in the end. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. It's just like a ghost with ADHD who can't just stay on track with what he wants. Sit still. Static will be on tomorrow. You don't need to watch it right now. I realized that we needed plot points to make the movie happen we needed progression right but this is just using things that have already been used a million times and don't match what you want your ending to be i mean if it was he wanted the kid all to himself and didn't want the family i mean just that small change would be fine he's baiting them specifically to try to push them out but in this the idea is i want them to follow the rules but i'm doing everything i can to make that impossible doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. <laughs> yeah. We're only like a third of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to shut up. Movie. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let you do your no, thing. No, I still, I keep going on rant. I don't understand. But, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jude draws some upsetting pictures of the dog, and Liza does some Googling, as she does. And she comes across a story about the big house, quote unquote, and a story about the dude in the walls. Dude living in the walls. 
Meanwhile, Joe stops by for his dog. He's looking for his dog and talks to Brahms, which at this point, I think we as an audience are smart enough to realize Joe is going to find that dog and he's not going to find it in a good position because we've already seen a child sketchy, disturbing image of a dog and now the dog is missing. So that night, Liza sneaks into Jude's room because during her Googling, she looked up this thing where there's a marking on antique dolls where you can look up the mold and like... For some reason, there's some sort of massive antique doll directory where you can look up the history of the dolls. Maybe this exists. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, honestly, it seems like it might just because, you know, it's like a collector thing, but... Right. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this existed. There is that whole thing of, like, the clown egg stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Clown egg. (laughs) Clown eggs. So she sneaks into Jude's room to look for this marking on, on Brahms' foot or hand. It says it could either be on his hand or his foot. So she's looking... And this, I, every time she shines the light on Brom's face, he's got that kind of just neutral look. And every time the flashlight light drops, he smiles in the dark and you can see it changing. Mm-hmm. Had this been a different movie, I think I would have found that really creepy. Mm-hmm. But given the context of this movie, I was like, yeah, okay. All right. And I, I really liked that actor a lot. He was so great in The Witch, you know? You do kind of feel like he's a little bit wasted here. I'm opening another seltzer. Do it. Do it. Do it. Randy's sending me flirty text messages and then like pulling on his his cowl when I look over. (laughs) (laughs) Get it, Randy. He's winking. Shoot your shot. Stop winking at me. (laughs) (laughs) Goofball. Oh, it is a find yourself Friday for sure. It right really now. is, girl. This has been a week. It has. <laughs> the been. burnout is real. I just want to have fun. I cannot wait to join you in Drunky Drunk Land tomorrow. It's oh. gonna be so good. It's gonna. Oh, I'm. I, we always have so much fun good. when we drink together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm living for it. I'm living for it. I'm excited about our taste test. I'm sure everything's gonna taste like nail polish, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's gonna <laughs> taste like perfume and candles. <laughs> oh my god, you remember that one that tasted just like literally like potpourri? Oh my god, it was that, one, it, that was disgusting. The like pomegranate something. And I drank but... that whole thing anyway. <laughs> oh, I also finished my pack. Like, <laughs> those were not saved for company. No, those no, no. Went into my body. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Okay, so Brahms is smiling in the dark and not smiling in the light. And then uh, his face splits open and explodes into bugs of some sort. But it was actually a hallucination. But Liza still screams in real life and wakes everyone up. Yes. The next day, Liza can't find Brahms' ID. It's not a number because it's numbers and letters, but his mold ID. Yes. Did you know immediately what the problem was? No. Honestly, okay. I didn't. Okay. But okay. I also at this point was not. You were fully invested. <laughs> I was just sort of like when she I was don't. just like and threw it away. I was like, "Girl, just turn it over." <laughs> I know, just try it. Oh, wow. Just flip it over. So she tries to find his doll mold ID on this doll antique doll registry and can't find it, so she throws it away. But she does find like a bunch of disturbing pictures in Jude's notepad. And then also Jude has started to dress like Brahms, which weirdly, I know I complimented Brahms' style on a little kid creepy. Super creepy. Like the omen vibes. 
you know. Mm. I'm also thinking like the end of Pet Cemetery where the kids suddenly weirdly dressed like a oh yeah, like a little gentleman. Yeah, like a little <laughs> dandy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little like why that... was that? that it's was also always... like Junior Republican in a way that I was yeah. not enjoying. If you're not going to an event. Yeah. If you're not going to a wedding. (laughs) Yeah. And someone pointed out how Brahms looks exactly like, uh, uh, what's his name? Jared Kushner. And so now that's all I ever see. (laughs) (laughs) He looks exactly like him. It's uncanny. It's like he was the model for the Brahms doll. Oh, God. Now I can't unsee it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I didn't. I'll give my opinions on the end. But <laughs> so uh Jude started to dress like Brahms and Sean suggests having some I okay, I was confused by this. Are I don't know if they're family or they're friends. He kept referencing them as uncle, whoever, but then later it seemed like maybe they were family friends. You know when friends do that thing where they're like, It's your auntie and it's their really best friends kind of thing. So I don't know if they're family or friends. It doesn't really matter. But he invites he wants to invite people to come visit them in the house. And Jude references one of Brahms no one of Brahms rules, his no guest rule. This is following his already like Brahms has the rule where he gets his own plate of food and Liza won't let that happen because she's had it with Brahms. So now she's already disobeyed the food rule. Now she wants to disobey the guest rule. And Liza is telling, you know, she has this whole speech with Jude about how Brahms doesn't run this household and all that. And then she storms out of the room and takes Brahms' plate. At which point, a huge crash sound happens, and it turns out this heavy wooden table has been flipped. Yep. And Jude is freaked out, and he, he like, writes on the notepad, like, he shouldn't have made him mad. And this is fucking, like, the most infuriating scene. Husband of the year comes in. Sean comes back, and she's like, I don't know what happened, and Brahms, and this, and the rules. And he's like, well, you probably flipped the table. And it's like, what do you... Really? (laughs) really (laughs) yeah i and the thing is is there's no consequence for this shit we don't see a a full-up scene where she's like fuck you no she's just sort of like get out of my house you piece of shit i mean and it's not her fault you know i feel like she she actually does a really good job in this role the, what's the name of the actor? I can't think of it. Uh, Katie. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Like when she gets busted in the room after the sp- the like bungs coming out of the mouth. There's this subtle moment where she looks like a almost like a little girl, so embarrassed and like she's been caught doing something bad, and it's really well done. And it made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was like, "Fuck this!" She had looked like she had been caught being naughty. Yeah. I, yeah. And that husband's just like, mm, dumb woman, hysterical yeah, or like, woman. Or like, oh, I don't, no, you're mistaken. You're the one. Who untrustworthy. The he treats like, her like she's untrustworthy and hysterical. And she's probably lying or making this up or losing her mind. And he doesn't even seem that worried about it. Like, he's just like, oh, bitches, you know, bitches are crazy. That, and let's be honest, do you think that? Any human by themselves, other than like I don't know, maybe the mountain could fully flip that table Seriously. onto its top. Seriously, it's also the girl from Dawson's Creek. Give me a break. Yeah, that's not fucking happening. God. Like that's. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. 
yeah. He's one of my most hated characters in cinema history. Especially since that's not the focus of his purpose in this movie. No. It's not like, oh, well, you know, she's married to this person who is awful. It's just, oh, no, he's just, his his role in this movie is just to add more doubt to yeah. that supernatural shit is happening, but he does it in the most disgusting way. You know what's wild is there's never a moment where he seems to have any guilt about not being home when she got attacked. I kept waiting for that to be a plot point or something. Right. It just never comes up. No, he's, just he's just like so resentful that she's still tra- traumatized by it. Yeah. And his whole thing is like, well, I mean, I had to work late. What do you want me to do? He's the worst. Yeah, it's bad. Maybe there was something that was cut out or something. Maybe. I don't know. But like, let's there hope. doesn't seem to be anything in the footage that was kept in that would allude to. Him not just being a trash box. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then Liza goes to show Sean all those disturbing pictures that she found in Jude's notepad. You know, but they're gone. Of course they are. But regardless of that, Sean agrees that they're going to get rid of Brahms. Which After being like, you really think he would tear the the pages out of here? Like, oh my god. Of course he did! (laughs) Tell me, honestly, do you think a small child could tear paper? Are you telling me you think a small child could tear paper? You're crazy. I hate him. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop, but I hate him. No, that was just a ridiculous scene when that was his defense of like, oh, you really think that he would tear a page out of a notepad? <laughs> really? Ah! Like, that's your- This okay. movie! That's fine. That's fine. We'll move on. Ugh. I wish this was a video right now because oh, I'm doing the hand thing. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, after this, Joe finds Oz, as we thought he would, gutted in the woods. And Joe seems not surprised. Not at all surprised that someone murdered his dog. In the morning, Jude and Brahms are missing because, you know, they overheard the conversation where they were, you know, finally Sean and Liza agreed to get rid of the doll. And... Liza ends up back at the manor looking for him, and she follows faint whispering sounds and ends up in the walls. Mm-hmm. So fo- Liza's following whispering sounds of like Jude being like, play with his mom and all this, and makes it into a room, the room where the previous owner of the doll lived. And Jude does that creepy hand thing through the doorway, and then he enters wearing the Brahms mask. Which, yeah, the home invasion scene was the scariest. Yeah. The Brahms mask is the creepiest. I mean, it just tells you how good the first movie was. That Like, the best movies are those moments where you're like, oh, right. Remember that thing about the first movie? Yeah. The creepiest part about this movie was the callback to the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So he's wearing the Brahms mask and shakes it off and he apologizes for scaring her. But he says it in his out loud voice. And it's the first time that he's spoken to her since, you know, the incident. And then Sean and Joe burst into the room, and all of a sudden Jude's talking again, and that's great and everything. As they leave, Joe tells them the story of the family that previously lived in this manor, which is the family from Boy One. Basically, he tells the story of Boy One, but, you know, without a lot of the details, but he tells Mm -hmm. the gist of it. Jude ends up having a session with his child psychologist, who 
wants to see him face to face because while she initially had said like, oh, well, the doll is a good outlet. It's a good way for him to, you know, be able to actually deal with things and maybe get back into a normal routine. She still wants to meet with him face to face. And she asks if the family can come back to visit to London to visit. But they have already invited people to come visit them, which is against the rules. So, again, I can't tell if it's actual Uncle Someone or if it's just Sean's friend that he calls Uncle Someone, but whatever. So a family shows up to visit, and the parents send all the kids out into the yard to play, which makes Liza nervous. And actually, the look on Sean's face, I think it made them both a little nervous to send them alone out, like, to send other kids out into the yard with Jude and Brahms. Yeah. But they do, because the other parents are like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. So one of the kids, Will, is a huge fucking bully. And he <laughs> another real Bron- piece of subtle writing. Here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wait. There's a bully. Fucking shocker. So <laughs> the bully is a bully, and he's threatening to destroy Brahms, and he picks on his sister, and he like I don't know why this is such a fucking like. I mean, maybe it's like kid world. It's a thing, but he keeps calling Jude his little sister's boy oh you're gonna stand up for your boyfriend i don't know whatever so he's like a total standard bully and he ends up stealing his sister's hat and so jude's trying to get the hat back and then under uh brahm's influence he lets go of the hat and the bully gets impaled on a croquet steak yeah this is actually one of the most tense scenes i mean and you knew it was gonna happen but i was like would they really go there are they gonna go there it kind of seems like they're going there and then they kind of go (laughs) <laughs> and we just played croquet last weekend to be honest really yeah oh that's the, and i i was surprised a that it was actually pretty graphic you saw the kid fall on the spike and then it wasn't just a dream sequence because i was like this didn't really happen. oh my god they're putting him in the car this really fucking happened yeah i was actually a little surprised that was really like violent for how this movie had been so far yeah i was like oh are we taking a turn this is kind of unexpected and, I mean, cool in terms of this movie has a little bit more balls than I thought it did. For a minute, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's fair. So they take Will to the hospital and everybody, basically everybody goes to the hospital except for Liza and Jude. So they're back in the house alone and Jude tells Liza that Brahms wants him to live in the big house with him forever and that he's willing to kill Liza and Sean in order to make that happen. This is when it finally happens where Eliza's on her computer and she's trying to get a hold of the psychiatrist. I also thought it was super weird. She's trying to get a hold of this child psychologist who's been working with her child since the home invasion. Yeah. She's not answering the FaceTime or whatever. So she sends her chat and she just says, doctor, please answer the, please talk to me or, or doctor, I need to talk to you. And I was like, you didn't even call her like doctor, whatever her name is. Yeah. I don't know what her name is, but i watching a movie you've been dealing with this woman (laughs) for months and you just call her doctor you spelled out the word doctor that was so weird to me that she spelled out the word doctor and was like i need to talk to you that was fucking super weird (laughs) but she's trying to get a hold of jude's psychologist can't so she goes on to google and that's when it occurs to her flip the thing upside down and that's when she finds the history of of brahm's doll mold or whatever including james hillshire which was the family from the Uh boy one Mm -hmm. while at the hospital sean's chatting with i and feel like i mean maybe at this point i was losing track of things but it's just like a dude in the waiting room right because it's not his friend his friend was like a blonde guy yeah no it's just a rando in the hospital yeah it's just some random dude in the waiting room 
And he tells him where he's staying, and that's when he gets the history of the manor and becomes very alarmed, especially when it comes to his account of quote-unquote creepy or crazy Joe. And so he rushes home. Meanwhile, Liza is uncovering Brom's entire history. It turns out the boy mm-hmm. that the boy it's was a Google just search one. away. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out the plot from the boy was just one incident in the long line of yeah. Brahms being a young boy's doll and influence him into murdering his parents. So she finds that through an easy Google search. Fine. And then Liza discovers that Jude and Brahms are missing. And this is just before Joe shows up with a shotgun. And he reveals that Brahms, this is where it got like kind of convoluted. For yeah. Me, this sort of doesn't like, make no sense at all. No, no. This was where it was like, Okay, either I missed something, I wasn't paying attention, or this doesn't make any sense. It don't make no sense. Yeah. So he starts telling this weird story. Because the whole premise is Brahms finds a young boy and then influences that boy to murder his parents. Right? That's what Liza just Googled. Yeah. And then Joe shows up, not five minutes later, and tells the second story about how Brahms also calls to random adults but also not random adults because they're adults who need him but also his focus is not adults it's children but somehow whatever i don't know he calls to adults who need him or something and now he called to joe and joe showed up at the manor and found brahms broken pieces and put him back together and now he's protecting brahms and helping him get the boy he wants i don't know it's very strange it's i mean here's the problem is they wrote such a good twist and now they in order to have a sequel they have to retcon it and the bummer is is it's super undermining of everything that was cool about the first movie yes yes you know i agree with that like now the psychopath in the walls that maybe killed his friend all that stuff is what just some demon possession thing that doesn't make any sense the parents didn't make the doll that looked exactly like the kid that doesn't make any sense right it makes all the things that made the boy one so good it just makes it silly now yeah so i'm trying to i'm trying to keep them separated in my mind i i I reject this from canon yeah i do too (laughs) i just don't accept it so Liza fights back and she ends up with the shotgun. She goes to the manor to the the big house looking for Jude. And she finds him in the basement with the Brahms mask on, holding Brahms. And Liza is trying to do the like, oh, let me hold him. Just trying to get the doll away from her son, who is fully possessed at this point. Right. Because she grabs Brahms and Jude grabs the shotgun. And meanwhile, Sean has somehow made it back to the big house with a croquet mallet and he smashes the doll which seems to break the trance or whatever so jude is back to himself joe shows up and he starts going on this thing about how brahms is going to punish him for this because he was supposed to protect him and he didn't and then brahms becomes animate sort of he sits up on his own and he's like he's a scary butthole demon why did they (laughs) give him a butthole for a mouth i don't understand that was a weird weird decision but yeah all right, that's where we're at. So now Brahms has no face. He's got a butthole for a mouth. And <laughs> he explodes the furnace, knocks everyone down. Joe lands on some sort of rebar and gets murdered. Sean and Liza are fine. Jude is untouched. And he ends up picking up Brahms and throwing him into the fire. And now we're fine, right? The family ends up back. They return to their London house that they somehow managed to keep all the while. 
and everything like you know liza goes back to work and jude is talking and everything's great and then jude goes to bed and it's revealed that he still has the brahms mask in his closet and is still talking to brahms <sighs> because of course like why why and now what brahms, other ending what would we now have? brahms is in london what is happening this Ugh. movie is a mess this movie is a mess and there's there's things about it that I did like. I, like I said, I think Katie Holmes's performance for what she's working with, she does a really good job. I think she's a believable as a scared mom. She has a couple of really good beats in terms of her performance. The lines are so bad, but she delivers them anyway. I don't know what she's doing in this movie. It's such an odd choice. I would love to know how she ended up here. Was this like a she read the script? And the original script was better than this or something and she liked it or if she somehow contractually agreed to do another movie for this studio or if she lost a bet. I don't know. Like I would <laughs> love to know. Brutal. <laughs> lost a bet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just a weird it's a weird choice. And it's not like every moment of the original film was so inspired or anything. But, like, you could track, you know... The logic. The logic. And when the reveal happened, after the fact, when you went back and you looked at all of the, the breadcrumbs along the way, it recontextualized them in a way that made them make more sense. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's even creepier. Whereas this just feels like we've got to find some way to make a sequel, because this first one did well. We'll have, you know, a whole legacy and we'll do this backstory and then we can do prequels and we can do sequels and we, you know, he's in L he's in London. You know what I mean? You can feel them trying to retroactively create a mythology and what they're doing is just undercutting the originality and the true shock value of that twist, initial twist ending. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's a total bummer because if I, and like I said, I'm trying to disconnect the two movies in my mind. Yeah. Because if I fully connect them as this is the backstory to the boy, it ruins the boy. No, I because don't. Because everything I loved about the boy is immediately negated by this movie. And that sucks because I love the boy and I love... I love like the backstory. I love the lead up. I love the way it's structured. I love the reveal. And I love the idea that it is these crazy parents whose crazy son murdered a little girl. And this is what they did to hide it. And it backfired on them. The fact that they even used footage from the boy, like of the parents walking uh -huh. into the sea to drown themselves and stuff. It's so much more impactful. Without this. Without a fucking demon or whatever. I mean, or a haunted doll. Think like, about how it undercuts the psychology and all the weird psychosexual stuff that yeah. really worked in the first one. Now it just wants a family. No, 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 no. That does not explain Keith. It does not. I reject it. This is no. fanfic. I and I reject it from canon. This is this is just a snatching at trying to make more money. I realize it's the same writer and director. Which is right, weird. The first and second one. But that, it, that's what's baffling to me is that the first one, I feel like, was well-written, well-directed. Mm -hmm. You know, it looked good. It made sense to me. It was, the reveal was really great. The progression was great. There were likable characters in it. But this one is just a, a horror movie Mad Lib. 
It's just, well, here's here's what you do with a haunted doll movie. And I know we have the fear. The fear of reviewing a movie and then having someone who actually had something to do with it finding. This is not like some little indie film that some no no budget, you know, bootstraps director did. This is like a studio film. It felt so lazy. Yeah. It just felt so like, well, this is the way a haunted doll movie goes. So this is what we're doing. And then they just tried to shoehorn in details from the boy to make it a sequel. I don't know. It's also weird that we see nothing about the woman that survived the first film or the guy that survived the first film that was from that town. And like Liza does Google searches and she didn't come up with a single Google search headline that even mentioned, you know, anything of the survivors of this thing of the original. Yeah, it would have made sense if she contacted her or something. They kind of have to give you just enough of the past so that they can tack on this new mythology. If they go too far down that road with those characters where it's all just a person in the walls. Then it's not going to make sense anymore. Yeah. That's what sucks. Is they were like, well, if we reference too much of the original movie, then this one's not going to make sense. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, this one doesn't make sense anyway. But you're just going to be more obvious about it if you reference the movie it's supposed to come after. So here's the question. Is this the new indigenous? <laughs> No, I think this is the new Hellraiser. Ooh, which Hellraiser? Which one? I mean, Hell you Seeker? know. Or, or don't say two. Don't say two. What are you going to say two? I was going to say two. No! <laughs> I don't like it. I, I know. Don't. I, I know. I really, like, honestly do love the first one. Yeah. I was honestly pleasantly surprised by the first one. Genuinely like it. I haven't liked a single Hellraiser after it. <laughs> I guess I just meant because they're so, they're, they get so bad. <laughs> like, I just mean, I feel like this is the progression Hellraiser made. Got where it. they did one got really it. good one and then they tried to find ways to expand it and they just. Not for you. Aren't delivering. I honestly would not be surprised if we kept seeing more The Boy and it just gets worse <laughs> from here. Because The Boy, the first one, I really like that movie. I think that movie's really good. Hellraiser, I think is really good. I am not on board with anything that has come after either of those movies. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean, the weird pop detective noir Hellraiser, I'm on board with, with that was fucking funny. Yeah. Like, it was weird and funny. That's the most I can get out of every The cowboy scene, dude. Like, the cowboy scene. Oh, my God. Scene. Well, that was like a fucking six-year-old's mishmash of like, uh, but I want to be a cowboy and also an alien. And also I want to go through space. And also I want a dinosaur steed. And also I want to fly. And also I want to go underwater. <laughs> that was the weirdest fucking movie. It really was so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, all right. I think I think we can, I'm going to guess. I know where you're going with this. Would you recommend the boy to Bronze not at all? Okay. <laughs> not at all to a single living human, living or dead. I would not recommend this movie to a single person. Yeah, there's not even really a guilty pleasure in this, you know. No, there isn't. There isn't no. even a guilty pleasure in this. And the thing is, is I would use the Bra- Brahms the boy too, in order for me to recommend the boy. Yeah, I would use it as a jumping off point to be like don't watch this but you should watch the boy because the boy is good the boy is legitimately a good movie yes this is not no and there isn't even like a fun mystery science theater 3000 aspect to it this is just draining no especially and i would say if you liked the boy don't watch this because it will bum you out 
it will ruin the boy unless yeah. you are able to separate the two in your mind yeah. and let them be totally separate entities because this and i agree with you i have decided personally yeah the boy too is not canon nope nope no nope. didn't happen did not completely did. in the era of what do they call requels and all that stuff where we're just striking things from canon right and left i'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to take, uh, making an executive decision stricken from canon. The boy is a standalone film. The yeah. end. The boy too is not my sequel. Nope. Not my sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Adding that to the t-shirt list here. <laughs> not, not my sequel. That's a great t-shirt. Actually. I kind of love that. All right. So if for some unknown reason, you were to watch this again, what would you pair with it as an adult beverage? I would pair with it. And I, I'm saying this having never tried any of them, uh -huh. but I feel like this is valid. Any Bud Light Seltzer. <laughs> not the potpourri not, one we had. <laughs> that is not my sequel no. to a White Claw. <laughs> yes, exactly. I support this decision completely. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So listener feedback. We do not have any this time, but if people have a different opinion or the same opinion or have questions or suggestions of things we should watch, whatever the case may be, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. You can hit us up over on the Facebook page, or you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcast, plural. Slide into the DMs there. You should follow us anyway, because it's awesome. Ariel and Matilda are killing the game on that front are oh, i don't know if you follow us mars but you should be we're awesome oh i do oh good so you know of all the the excellent memory that's happening over oh there. my god ariel is crazy good at that it's so it's, fucking it's funny. ridiculous right <laughs> she's so, so funny. Fucking funny i don't know how she does it like it's crazy yeah she's funny all right and if you're enjoying the show he was a solid Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your pods. Write us on Spotify, whatever it is. All that stuff really does help the show and it makes us feel good. And uh, we like to feel good. So make us feel good. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight and you've rightfully decided to avoid the boy too, check out our VOD and streaming calendar over at zombiegirls.com where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on all the streaming services. We are rapidly heading into the end of summer and into fall. And you know what that means? It's spooky movie season. And let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of stuff between VOD and all the 5,000 streaming services. There's going to be a lot of stuff to choose from. You are not going to be able to keep track of that all. You are going to be very grateful to have this tool at your disposal. So come check that out. If you want to, uh, you know, rep your favorite pod, you can get some sweet, sweet merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. I'm telling you, I love our string queen shirt. It's badass. And I think everybody should have one. What about you, Mars? Oh, I, I actually, I got one for the Lava one. You did? Uh, it has since gone missing. We do not know what happened to it, but well, we fear we, we I, fear we left it in a hotel. Uh, but I guess what? I know where you can get a new one. I know. <laughs> but he used to wear that everywhere and be like, yeah, that's my girl. And that's Aww, Rachel. And they do a podcast. Cute. I love it. I love our logo. It's so cool. I love it too. <laughs> We've had it for a, a couple of years now. And every time I look at it, I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> it is good. It's real good. 
Awesome. And there's one more way you can support us. That, of course, is by joining our Patreon. You get lots of cool stuff, including joining the Discord, extended episodes, and bonus episodes like the one that is out now when you're listening to this, which is our live Midsommar episode where, I mean, you've heard me and Mars talking about it all throughout the episode. You don't want to miss that. Check it out. I think you get that at the $5 a month level. You get all of the bonus episodes and all that that like extra extra content so definitely although at the one dollar you can join our discord so hop on it that is it except for any housekeeping i uh when this comes out it'll have been a couple weeks but we were i was recently on bloody good horror where we reviewed the film nope and had a really awesome conversation about that those people are so smart i love talking horror films with them they always have so many cool insights and i'm always like yeah, I'm feeling a little bit like smooth brain over here, but uh, things are happening anyway. <laughs> but it was a really, really good conversation. So definitely check that out. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode, which once again, our good friends, Larry and Justin, will be joining us as we continue our uh, downward spiral. downward spiral through the Hellraiser franchise. Next time we're doing a standalone because it's the video game. One. And okay, I'm weirdly a little bit excited about this one. Me too. Because it feels like it's going to be so bad. Yes, the wheels are off this train. You know what like I mean? It, it. Yeah. No. We. No rules. Uh-uh. This has become a no rules universe. Yes. I am a little excited for how just off the rails this is going to be. It's going to be insane. And it has Henry Cavill, which is hilarious, and it has Lance Henriksen. Hilarious. Oh my god. And it's the video game one. The video game one. So you know this thing is going to be so dated and and hilarious. The thing everybody really understands is that the minute a franchise goes to space, it's done. Hellraiser went to space in like, what, three? Yeah. 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 They went so, right to space. It's solved. And it's one of the high points of the franchise. <laughs> so uh, anything's possible at this point. It, we've had cults. We've had noir. We've had... Uh, the beeper king getting all the bitches i mean there's just no way to know where this will go next and i cannot wait i mean the movie is going to be terrible but the conversation i think is going to be hilarious and i cannot wait to have it with our buddies from here's johnny i have to i have to confess something because i'm on my third oh white claw at this point excellent excellent when we were watching debtors yeah zach sort of created a song that i ended up finishing (laughs) And he asked me if I shared it on the podcast, and I was like, I did not because I didn't have the space to do it. Uh, it just, we were so, and it just felt inorganic for me to bring it up. And now I'm going to have to do it. Can we get a duet on the next episode? Yes. Because he plays instruments. Can we get a duet on the next episode? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. All right. I've got it on the dock. It is at the like very to, tippy, tippy top. <laughs> to the point where we wrote it down and pinned it to the corkboard because we love it so- oh my god live performance live performance <laughs> on the next episode please it's so it's so stupid and i love it and it plays in my head non-stop and it makes me laugh all the fucking time <laughs> i cannot wait to hear you guys perform it live this is excellent we have we have choreography to it at this point like it's <laughs> This is so amazing. And I it was it. worth watching all of these shit movies so that this moment could happen. 
my god i want to see the choreography <laughs> maybe uh maybe someday it's I mean, good. I mean, I it's mean, stupid. Could that day be tomorrow when we're all on camera? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it would be like a sneak peek. Like a little pre-show joint? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, if you guys have not signed up for the Patreon, you are insane. Because <laughs> there may be dance moves. You you do not want to miss this. There's a Hellraiser's Debtor song oh my that God. is only for patrons. Oh my god, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. So, that is it for this episode, unless people are sticking around for the extended episode. Mars, take us out. Thank you again for everybody coming back and listening to us talk about Brahms the Boy 2. I'm sorry that we made you watch that, but let, like, I mean, look at it this way. It was a communal experience, and now we all know what the Boy 2 is about, and I think that's valuable. Trauma bonding. We're all trauma yeah, bonding. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, and we had to know. We all liked the boy. We had to know what the boy too was about. We all went into it with the same expectations, I feel. Yes. But thank you so much. And in two weeks, come back and we will be watching another Hellraiser. I don't even know what it's called, honestly. Hell World. Uh, Hell World. Which is what we will be in as we're watching it. A Hell World. We've been in Hell World solidly for the last solid couple of months. But uh, <laughs> we will be watching Hell World. <laughs> it is the video game one, you guys. We did space. Now we're doing video games. Yeah. I'm here for it. It's going to be weird. It's going to be bad. It's going to be funny. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, all right. Bye, everybody. Good night, folks. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Ariel, who edits this, will be happy that there was a start to it this time because she was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this last time? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We have seen Brahms. How do you feel about killer doll movies in general? Honestly, like, I don't know. I've never been big on on killer dolls. Like, even when the Annabelle stuff was happening, I was kind of like, and I liked all the other movies in that, like... Universe? The Wannaverse? I like all of those, but for some reason, Annabelle, I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. The only one... I'm trying to think. I feel like the prequel had some f- scary parts. But yeah, the Annabelles are not... It's not my sweet spot for that whole genre. And I, for a minute, yeah, I was I, like, wait, didn't Flanagan direct one of those? But no, that was Ouija, Origins of Evil, which was way better than it had any right to be. And I, I did. Yeah, that's true. But I, I just feel like haunted doll stuff is just like fucking eat it in the trash bin. Like, what are we doing here? I like, would say my one exception is I do love the Chucky movies. Some of them. Yes. Some I more than others. I love the earlier Chucky movies. I haven't watched all the Chucky movies, but yeah, that one's a little different because it's a doll that runs around with weapons. And it's, but when it's funny a- too. So it's like, whatever. Yeah, but if when it's a doll that just sort of sits there yeah. and influences people around it, just fucking ditch it. Like, what is the issue? <laughs> eat it into the trash can. <laughs> just, yeah, eat it into a trash can. I don't understand what our problem is. I would recommend the, like, because there's, like, the first four, and then there's then they get, like, funny for a little bit, where it's, like, 
like a seed of chucky and bride of chucky those ones are like where it gets really camp and then there's another like trilogy at the end where it's kind of like a little bit camp but also like back into the scary and that's that those last three lead into the show which is excellent the show is really really good Um, i never saw the show was that the one was it was it was it aubrey plaza is the mom no that's the remake and it's terrible oh it's, Never saw that. Although there is a really great lawnmower death in it, but mostly oh. that movie is garbage. But no, there's like um, so they were on like Netflix. They were like Netflix movies called like um cult. The one of them was called Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. Maybe it's just Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, and then the the series. But what's cool about Cult of Chucky is it takes place in a in a mental uh, like a mental institution. So he's just running around. He doesn't oh. give a fuck because nobody's going to believe the inmates. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good. And they both of those movies and the TV show star Fiona Dorif, who is Brad Dorif, the voice of Chucky's daughter. Oh. And they're they're actually like pretty – they're pretty good because they're like kind of funny. Like he's funny still, but they're like back to being gory killer movies. Yeah. And then the just, show the straddles only, that line. That's the only haunted doll – franchise i yeah can get behind i with. just most yeah. of the time i'm just like just punt it into the grand canyon yeah why are we doing like what the issue be yeah i don't understand like i feel like this is just like haunted doll movies i feel like it's just people not solving their own problems <laughs> to me haunted doll movies are like perfect for like a junior high slumber party yeah like that is the perfect lane for those like dolls or like the puppet master movies those are like meant for when you're 12 or like if it was a large volume of dolls like when it's one Mm. doll have you seen dolls the movie no that one's actually pretty fun because it's like this family it's ridiculous and kind of camp and it's by the people who went on to make like puppet master and stuff but it's this family of sort of family they like uh their car breaks down and they go to this house and the house is just of dolls just every I stayed room in an airbnb once no that was full of dolls no yeah it was that's uh, cursed my... that is like cursed what are it was my my mom wanted to go to this airbnb that she liked on the coast for her birthday so she invited myself my brother and his girlfriend and so it was my mom and i staying in one of the rooms and my brother and his girlfriend in another one of the rooms and the room that my mom and i were in had just an exploitive number of dolls no and i what is how many is too many is it three is that no is it we're talking we're talking no i mean like but what is what is the threshold is when you get to three dolls is it too many okay so like my i I would say okay it kind of depends on placement 